Hey guys, this is Finance East, and you're listening to Finance East podcast series. I'm your host Himanshu Jain. In this podcast, we are going to have a real chat with industry experts on investments, markets, and macro analysis. Also, young finance enthusiasts who are bringing change to the industry, and how their career unfolded in the world of money management. They all are going to be our guests. Stay tuned. In our today's episode, we are proud to have someone who is associated with the advisory side of the business, being it legal or financial. Being involved in advising a rich clientele on capital markets and related decisions making, he has played an instrumental role in various mergers and acquisitions transactions, fundraising and corporate restructuring. Also, whether it be dealing with securities laws or corporate commercial laws, or inbound or outbound investments in india this is the man to be called and relied upon he is a qualified company secretary by profession and possesses deep interest in managing legal transactions of the business if i am not conveyed already that he is notably sharp intelligent and holds a keen business and legal acumen allow me to add that he has been involved at various stages of startup ecosystem too he is working with dolce vita trustees a boutique consultancy firm and previously worked with Findoc Financial Services Group. He likes to read, enjoys food and loves traveling in, in his spare time. We are pleased to have Mr. Shivam Gera with us today as a guest on our podcast. Hi Shivam, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, hi Manchu, thank you so much for such kind words and warm welcome. And uh, I'm really humbled and really grateful to be on your podcast series as a guest. And I'm really looking forward to this upright discussion your podcast will have. Thanks for such humble introduction of me and our podcast. How have you been, Shivam? I've been okay, just like everyone seeing a critical and interesting era of COVID-19. Yeah, this COVID-19 actually demotivated many of the business or our economy has been shrinking. And this week, India witnessed shrinking GDP of 23.9%, that is year on year. And we witnessed in many decades we have last seen. What is your say on this, if we can start with that point? Actually, it is pertinent to note that due to this contagious disease, COVID-19, and its consequential were countrywide and nationwide lockdown, which caused paralysis of business activity, the Indian economy witnessed negative growth in this quarters. Due to this GDP loss, the most, the worst impacted is wage earners category because they are having higher debt and lower in income. And due to the unemployment, they are facing a huge debt. Though Indian economy saw historical lows, other country also, except China, also business a staggering crash in GDP growth. And say, suppose UK is the most affected after India with a GDP contraction of 20.4% and US which shrunk by 9.1% on quarterly basis. Further to add, considering this present scenario, it seems like economic impact of COVID-19 has started dimming and we can expect recovery in quarter 3. However, considering the annual GDP of 2020, we can expect a, expect a huge GDP loss in 2020. 
So do you expect that in quarter 3 we can expect to recover a little? Yeah, considering the economic recovery and the market is recovering, the GDP will cover. And there are fears around second waves of covid infection if that rises. What will the blow on Indian economy? Yeah, as far as this question is concerned when India may begin to experience sign of economic recovery, this will depend entirely upon the way in which the covid-19 outbreak evolves in the country in the coming weeks and months. Suppose if India records a contraction in the current quarter also, then it would have officially entered into a recession. Because a recession is typically recognized as two consecutive quarters of economic de- decline. So previous quarter was recorded a historic low and suppose if India suffers a GDP loss in this quarter also a recession would be declared and considering the paralysis of in the business activity in quarter 2 it is expected that indian economy will witness a contraction lower in the second quarter than the previous one as said earlier it seems like the economic impact of covid-19 has started fading and should expect recovery in quarter 3 However, considering the annualized GDP of 2020, so we can expect a loss of in GDP loss in 2020. Yet the markets have not taken that into its account that Nifty has been soaring higher highs. Yet it had fallen in the last five days, and it recorded lower lows in the month of March. And yet everybody expected that after the lockdown happened for the, such a long duration, that business activity has to decline. so nifty did not cover that aspect yeah it is quite surprising that despite the economic slowing down due to covid-19 pandemic and lower corporate earnings the stock market has seen a dramatic recovery so in over 4 months since march downfall in the markets the market have recovered by over 50% so first it is important to mention that everyone that stock prices are supposed to reflect the market expectations of the future profits of corporation and recently who chief scientist also told that about large scale global distribution investor believe that and investors too believe that global distribution of one or more vaccine would be done by mid 2021 now see that's a positive development for the longer term outlook for the economy and for corporate profit and so it should push stock stocks up further to add interest rates have continued to fall and low interest rate boosts the prices of many kinds of assets including stocks the stock share price is a little piece of company that is expected to produce some amount of profit every year and as other kind of investments become less attractive the amount you are willing to pay for that given stream of profit goes up and it increases the stock prices thus it appears that the stocks are not in bubble and as said earlier should should expect recovery in quarter 3 so investors are having a positive outlook for the future that corporates will outperform and therefore the securities are prices of securities are increasing okay so you have a optimistic outlook after the quarter 3 yeah let's take the topic to the mergers and acquisition because the covid also affected business of investment banking section and you have been involved in various mergers and acquisition transactions so what expects do you focus on while dealing with such transactions after the covid 19 so in today's market the main objective of any company or a firm is to make profit and create shareholders wealth wealth true so 
Yeah, so the growth can be achieved either by introducing new products or services or by expanding with its present operation on its existing products. So there are two types of growth, internal growth and external growth. Internal growth can be achieved by introducing new products. However, external growth can be achieved by entering into mergers and acquisitions. So mergers and acquisitions have become an important medium to expand portfolios, enter into new markets and acquire technologies. And further, it uh, gain access to resources and would enable the company to compete on a global scale. So each M&A transaction requires different kind of attention depending upon its strategic objective. So in as in general, M&A transaction there are several important factors that executives and investment bankers and other stakeholders have to consider, including but not limited to form of consideration whether it is cash or shares tax treatment whether the company is getting the benefit of any tax incentive or the accounting treatment and synergies behind it and strategic rational and intangibles so i have to consider this all aspects while covering an m&a transaction whether be it post covid or pre covid so as you said that whether be it pre covid or post covid then due diligence that you place on the transactions did that change any house yeah as you know like now in case of big companies and multinational corporations when one company buy or sell any company or its asset the whole canvas is very big lot of people lot of document lot of money is involved and it is here that a need for due diligence arises so for due diligence one of the key objective is to minimize the maximum extent practicable the possibility of there being unknown liability and risk so our goal for the due diligence in the m&a process is for buyers to confirm that all seller financial contract legal customers and all other pertinent information are duly verified and in, we ensure that the possibility of there being unknown liability or risk being get minimized to the maximum extent possible so our goal is to make buyer comfortable enough that he goes through the deal and closes and no bug in the transaction all right and if i may ask uh, that in the world of money management that there is something that catches my attention and that is people are switching from uh, traditional portfolio management to the alternate investment funds what is alternate investment funds in india and how they are set up can you give us a little guidance Yeah. Before telling you about an AIF or an alternative investment fund, I want to elaborate in conventional mode of investment. Yeah. So since few years back, the only way to create wealth or financial assets in India was to put your money in conventional investment categories such as stock, bonds, bank, and real estate. Now, with the rise of high net worth individuals in the country, there is a steady rise in the demand for non-conventional investment avenues such as. AIF, which is also known as alternative investment fund. So, in layman term, AIF is a privately pooled investment fund which collects money from sophisticated Indian and foreign investor for investing it in accordance with a defined investment policy for the overall benefit of its investors. So, in India, it is emerging and a relatively new concept as there are around little less than seven hundred registered AIF in India at present. So moreover, AIS continue to grow in popularity, and are marking their views in the portfolios of high net worth individuals investors. Though there is no assurance of guaranteed returns from AIF, but you may get higher return than conventional mode. 
through robot diversification and generally hnis and institutions invest in aif as it require high investment amount unlike mutual fund so normal or a middle class person cannot invest in aif unless and until they invest a huge amount all right and on a totally different note i've wanted to ask that india banned chinese apps and recently india regulated the fdi route for its neighboring countries especially china after they were embarking on our indian banking sector wanted to have an aggressive strategy to accompany that so how does now fdi changes do you have your say on this yeah due to the facets like definite restriction in fdi regulation and boycott chinese movement which indian people are currently following and territorial conflicts between indian militaries so this would force these companies to turn to other investors currently at present chinese investment of around 6.2 billion dollar are ingrained in the indian economy in countless sector including indian startups and tech companies so as indian government has made some changes in fdi regulations it shows that the government of india is closely monitoring business operations of all company which have received investment from this chinese firms or companies so these companies may resort to fair disclosure practices to demonstrate the commitment towards indian and its business in india or they may turn to other investors from other countries or as per the current fdi regulations chinese companies can invest in india subject to approval of central government so the indian startups or indian companies which have taken monies from chinese companies they can file a disclosure to central government and after taking the approval from central government they can monies from chinese company it oh, and further to add it is expected that investment in this company will drop sharply in 2020 and coming future through chinese investors so they will take root of other investors all right uh, shivam unicorn there are unicorn companies there like big basket zomato delivery byju's flipkart and atm they have millions of dollars in chinese funding and they have relied so far on chinese investments how will that impact the startup ecosystem too that has relied upon and placed reliance upon the chinese funding do you have say on this yeah actually up till now just prior to this recent amendment they were receiving an adequate funding from chinese investors and they were relied upon that investment so after this fdi regulation change these companies are resorting to other investors like there are investors like tencent holding and and financials or alibaba group they found the success placing in indian startups now softbank from the japan has give a fund funding chi- indian in startups but what will happen to the ch- uh, chinese investment that is already there in like paytm and other unicorn companies can you elaborate us on this so as per current regulations indian legal regulations they can either sell the investment to an outside investor or 
the company can buy back the shares from them so there are only two routes for this chinese investors to further invest or to deal with that investment either they can sell the investment or the company can buy back the, the shares which are held by this chinese investors or if they want to invest in india they have to take approval of central government and the new startups that have not been funded if they are what they wanted to be funded by chinese investments will that regulations cause any disharmony to them yeah as per the revised regulations any investment from neighboring countries or where the beneficial owners including individual is situated or citizen of neighboring countries it will require a prior approval of central government so any company which is contemplating to take investment from outside india and from a neighboring country so they will require a specific prior approval from the respective ministry depending upon the sector the company is involved and we can see that latest in ban is pubg after banning the tiktok and the other 118 apps that is brilliant move by india or you have something in contradiction with indian government's decision it has been a great move to ban these chinese apps actually the government is retaliating through these means china is causing geopolitical tensions so now as per my view it appears that the government is retaliating through this moves by banning these apps and chinese apps under section 69a of our information technology act and blocking rules yeah and that will also push the indian startup founders to have their startups established rather than using chinese apps right yeah yeah i totally agree on it as indian west uh, indian entrepreneurs have turned developing new apps to replace the banned apps and they are stealing the market gap it has caused and so that's an opportunity for new players to enter like place of tiktok now we have called something called moj chingari and snack video yeah definitely on a totally different note i wanted to ask that on recently sebi changed its guidelines on securities and margin trading how does that change investors behavior and investment markets yeah so to understand this change we have to understand what was done prior to this change so earlier a client would give a power of attorney to the broker to use client shareholding to access margin for derivative trades and this led to brokers pooling securities across across clients asset as margin collateral for another client who is likely short of funds so in this case in this scenario in november 2019 sebi came up with the order due to the carvi scandal like carvi stock blocking was having millions of retail blocking customers and executes over 2 lakh transactions at that time typically a person get the money in his account on the third day of transaction but in this in that scenario in that particular case clients alleged that they did not receive the money after more than a week of executing the trade so sebi passed an ex parte order and the blocking firm kavi created funds generated by pledging client security in its own account so kavi take the money from the 
from the financer by saying that these securities are owned by me they declared that so pursuant to this crisis sebi came up with this new rules margin rules which requires the client to pay the upfront cash margin or pledge shares to cover the margin and how will that change investors be able somehow will that bring efficiency market it will definitely bring transparency in the market before uh, like this change the brokers were pooling the clients pledge securities into their margin account in a one account in one client's account where all all the pledge shares are pooled but now the pledge shares will remain in the client gmat account so this will ensure transparency and this will stop some brokers to resort to unfair practices so that should make the investors confident now right yeah definitely this will ensure confidence in the retail customers so this will definitely ensure confidence in the stock market that is a very nice explanation of the new trading guidelines mr shivam yeah well i must tell you that it feels great having been part of the show that gives us privilege of having a word with you thank you so much for your time and being with us today mr shivam and thanks to you for having me in your podcast series it was really wonderful discussion and that's a wrap up from our today's episode thanks for listening to finance ease podcast If you like the podcast you can share it with fellow listeners and do follow us for more stay tuned